And hey, y'all! I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie, and welcome to Sumo Kaboom! Where we talk about all things sumo. That's right. And if you've listened to us before, welcome back. Yeah. If you're here for the very first time, maybe you're curious about sumo wrestling, or maybe you're a big, huge sumo wrestling fan too. We are so glad you found us. As of today, or as they say in Japanese, Kyowa. Kyowa. The July 2020 Basho is still a go, and we're super hopeful it's going to happen. So today, we're going to have a personal opinion piece. That's right. And we're going to talk about, because this tournament in July is still supposed to be a silent Basho, we're going to talk about the absence of fans in arena and how that affects players. There's some interesting science coming out about that. Absolutely. But first, newsflash. All right, everyone. Oh, no show turned 24. Oh, what a baby. Yeah, what a kid. Yeah, he was commenting that he is working on building his body and strength up before the July Boss Show and so that he could be hopefully at 100% of his strength and body and mind. Good for him. Yes, good for a no show. Also, Ariso's birthday was this week. He turned 34 and celebrated in Tokyo, which he said he had hasn't done since before he joined sumo because this tournament is normally over his birthday and it's in Nagoya and it's never in Tokyo. So this oh, is like the first time he's been able to celebrate his birthday in Tokyo. <laughs> That's super fun. Yeah. You never think about like just exactly how their lives have been shaped over the last 10, 20 years. Yeah. But, and with that, I found a, a good little um, interview that I think it was Nikon Sports did with Ariso. And so I thought I'd just kind of relay some of that to you even with the terrible translation <laughs> and I'll sort of kind of guess what he's trying to say. And in case anybody's new, can you give us a little bit about who Ariso is? Oh, Casino Sato. Yes, who is? Yeah, former Yokozuna Casino Sato. Yeah, he's a big shot. Yeah, whenever you retire as a Yokozuna, you get a new name. You get a new Shikona, which is a ring name, but he is going into his new life as a retired wrestler and he's and he has different focuses now, and the, apparently he gets a new name, and it is Ariso. So when I say Ariso, I'm speaking of recently just retired Kisen Osato. He was asked, are you practicing at the stables these days? And he said, I'm going down to the stable and mostly working with younger wrestlers and doing some light workouts. He was asked about Takayasu, which I was very interested oh, in. Why? And he, well, because that's his, that's the same stable. Oh, they're okay. in the same stable. Because they would be working out together. Yeah, exactly. And they were, they're both key players in each other's careers. You know, in the same stable, they sparred all the time. So okay. he's probably like a sparring buddy. He said Takayasu should be ready for July. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he's been he's been sparring with him as they train. And he will start to practice sumo next week. So I'm not really sure what that means. Maybe that will be full steam ahead next week. Takayasu's yeah. schedule will be... Like double downing on everything, mm. contact sumo everything yeah. next next week. So I thought that was interesting. He was also asked, "How do you think the wrestlers will handle the basho considering the break?" Ariso said, "The wrestlers who were basically wrestling in 2011, you know, they yeah. had a they had a break then because of the tsunami. Okay, those wrestlers should understand what this feeling is like." Because mm. they also win the same amount of time. So Hakaho, obviously, mm -hmm. they know kind of how to mitigate this 
break. It's the younger wrestlers that he feels are going to really suffer because they just don't know how much they've atrophied and how much time is accumulated and how that has affected their body's physical condition and management. And he does say once it's open, uh, there will be kind of, he feels, a weird sort of adjustment period in the first day or so. As he said, I think he said back in 2011, he had a very weird start as well. But as the tournament goes on, he thinks that younger wrestlers will get back into the swing of things. But if you weren't, or if you were around in 2011, then you understand kind of what this long period feels like. Okay. And you can use that to your advantage. So that may be the advantage for Hakaho and mm-hmm. other wrestlers who were wrestling 10 Hakaho. years ago. You mean my boyfriend? Your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He was asked, how are the wrestlers handling no contact practice? He says that they're using their brains and thinking about what to do to win. Like what to do with the shape of the meeting is how it was translated. So hmm. I mean, I think that means that like... What's coming at you in the moment and split second? How do you respond? Okay. And I think that they're they're using their heads. As he said, without a head, sumo won't win. <laughs> so I like that. True. He also was asked, which I love, he's asked, <laughs> what are you studying at the university? And he said four days a week, three hours a day. He's researching how to run a stable, essentially. Aww. He's putting together reports uh, with his mantra, which is, this is a terrible translation, winning, funding, and dissemination. Oh, my. <laughs> so I don't think that's right, but I'll, I'll clarify later. Kind winning, of, funding, and dissemination. Yeah, I think, like I said, it Google sounds, Translate is real off well, sometimes. Well, it also sounds like a business school. Well, he said he's doing all kinds of like Excel reports and yeah. stuff, like putting together reports. And that's going to aid him when he goes back to the stable and with, I'm sure, the hope to eventually manage one. It totally sounds to me like business leadership training is what it sounds like. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. He wants to be a leader within the sumo sport very soon. John Gunning referred to his mantra, which may be the same one, Shinji Tai, I think, Shinji Tai, Shinji Tai, I'm not sure. It means heart, technique, and physique. I like that yeah. trio of words I better. That makes a little bit more sense. Not sure if that's what Arisa was trying to say, but that might just be what Funding. he was trying to say. Dissemination. And it was Google Translate that <laughs> totally let us down. He also said this really funny thing. He struggled with a computer Aww. as he came to it just later. So it's been very troubling. Yeah. Poor guy. But you think he's 34 years old and he's like just going to like college now and trying to like figure out Excel. And Good it's for not him. easy. No. Those like, Excel spreadsheets get everybody. Yeah. They still get me today. Like just learning anything new is a struggle. So yeah. good for him. You know, good for going into this next phase of sumo. Yeah. And he's so candid about it. And I, th- I think that that's nice. I watched so many of his interviews and him just sitting around and talking. Also, he has a high voice, which I love. Yeah, me But too. he's very talkative and eloquent, and I can't understand what he's saying. But I can just sit there long enough and listen to the Japanese and be like, it seems like he's saying really important things. I wish I knew <laughs> what he was saying. And really, he's talking about Excel. Yeah, he probably was. But no, um, I-, I think he's going to be a really incredible leader for the future. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does and how he contributes to uh, Sumo in his retirement. The recent news that caught my eye just this morning, there was a report that came out five people in the sumo world tested positive for coronavirus antibodies. In this article, they were sort of breaking that down as to what that means. Uh, It means 
They think that they've been exposed to it in the past mm-hmm. and possibly got through it and became healthy or again. Asymptomatic. They or they're yeah, or they're they just never knew. Five people within the JSA. Five they people won't say. within the yeah. They're not saying if they're wrestlers or what. That's sort of the biggest news that I saw today. So mm-hmm. I know we're going to hear more about that in the next couple of days. So that's something to keep watching. Yeah, because I the imagine, test results. Yeah, because those test results they're going to really affect this July Basho. So true. Although I do think Japan's numbers have been lower. They stayed lower. So, yeah, I don't know. My my two cents, I think that it will go ahead. I hope so. I really hope so. I want everyone to stay safe, but I also understand it's like there's a precedent that says you will push forward even if you're injured. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there's people who are watching out for the wrestler's health because that is everything. But I do think at the same time, they probably want it to continue forward and will like last time if somebody comes down with it then it's game over but they figured out how to do it last time so if everyone has stayed strict to the rules i think it will continue well and my thought is if the people who tested positive or people who are planning to build the doyo or who are doing maintenance selling tickets something like that they can just replace them with someone else but if it's a wrestler then it's something different right and if it's a wrestler that's already healed then that's one thing But if it's a wrestler that somehow still has this virus and it's communicable, well, then that's different, too. Yeah. So it depends on who it was and at what stage. Right. Very, very true. It's a big mystery. We'll see. But we'll know what, uh, July 13th? Yeah, July 13th, I believe, is the day. Yeah, they're making the yes or no decision. I have a feeling they have these guys under lock and key. Like, they cannot leave. I bet they do, too. I mean, if I was in charge, that's what I would do. Yeah, I'd be like, you don't leave. Yeah, you're no, staying healthy. You're we bring you well. everything. You, yeah. yeah, yeah. we're going to lock the front door so you cannot get out. You're going to yeah. have to crawl out your windows and down the fire escape if you want to leave. And we're not going to let you because we're going to post somebody outdoors to make sure you stay in and stay healthy. Because so much is riding on you. Yes, absolutely. It's a struggle. And speaking of the struggle, I struggled about what to talk about this week, mainly because we're just in a weird place. Will the Basho go on or not? So I just sat there this week and I was just looking at my computer screen going, what am I going to talk about? I just feel like I'm in this whirlpool of like, I don't know what is going on. And I started at first just looking at sumo wrestlers and videos of them and whatever social media content I could find on any of them. And like we said earlier, I've started Japanese lessons. So I watched to see if I could understand any of the words and like I could pick up one or two words. Yeah, I'm like, I'm getting closer to actually being able to understand all these sumo wrestler interviews, which is fun. I miss these guys. Yeah, me too. I missed them so much. I missed seeing the sport. And I just started then looking for tickets to fly to Tokyo for like next year's boss show in March or April. Yeah. I'm just dying to get back to Japan and its customs, its peoples. I I, I looked at the hotel room rates, which are very low for Tokyo onsen. I want to go, you know, do some what are they called thermo thermal springs what are they called hot tubs yeah well it's Spas? hot springs hot springs jeez oh, it was hard to come up with <laughs> oh, hot springs that's where brain is i then went into this other rabbit hole of watching documentaries on nhk i'm just homesick for 
Tokyo and I haven't been there in 20 years. So it's so weird. I don't know why it's coming out. But I watched this documentary on this Geico, this geisha, essentially. But if you're in Kyoto, they call them Geikos. They're in Tokyo. They call them geishas, I believe. I don't know if in some prior life I was a citizen of Japan. I don't know. (laughs) But I have some connection to it, fascination with it. And there's such a perfection in everything they do and the perfection and how they present things, the dedication to the arts, the crafts, the sport of Mm -hmm. sumo. And I just I think that's just another reason why I love sumo. And it's just the same system that honors tradition over anything else, a dedication unknown by most Westerners. Like it doesn't make much sense to me. I think I miss sumo, not just like for Takayasu or anybody else that I like. It's for the tradition of it, and it survived generations. And right now, everyone wonders if we'll all survive this endless plague. So I think that's what I wanted to talk about, is just the survival of this tradition, where sumo kind of gives me hope, because it's been around for 2,000 years, Mm -hmm. but just like being, you know, a, a geisha, like the history and the folklore and the reason why they exist in the art and the history and even just playing the shamisen. And then you watch a documentary and then there's a guy who makes beautiful hairpins for the for the geishas or a guy that makes the hand wooden or the wooden made shamisen and what is a shamisen? It's Sorry. like a um, little, it's guitar with the three strings. Oh, thank you. You know what it is. Um, you've seen it or heard it played. Yes, yes, yes. But people that dedicate their lives, and it seems like a slower life. It seems just like a traditional life. And it's so foreign to me because mm. I don't do that in my normal. I don't, I haven't for 20 years been making handmade hair bows for a geisha, <laughs> but with all of that, it was. It just seems like it's a comfort, and it makes me believe that like we will make it through. This will survive. Sumo will survive. The wrestling will happen. People will continue on. It's just hard to know when, you know, and how mm-hmm. to get excited about it if you just don't know. But I know that it's going to come back. When you dedicate your life at fifteen or sixteen to sumo, and what I was saying earlier about Ariso. You go, wow, that is dedication Mm -hmm. to dedicate your life to a sport, an art form, if it's kabuki or whatever it is. I can't imagine that. But it holds steady. You don't break the rules Mm -hmm. and you stay on the path that was set before you by hundreds of years of precedence. And that's just how how it's done. And in that, there is some certainty and there is a path to take because there is that certainty. So I don't know if there's going to be a basho, but I have a feeling that in sumo, it will happen. They hold on to what they know is true, even through a natural disaster or a pandemic. Things are just going to keep on moving on this very traditional path. So that's kind of what gives me hope this week. So I continue to look for flights, for hotels, to <laughs> tickets for the spring basho. I think it's the spring basho I want to see, mainly because it's cherry blossom season, mm-hmm. and hopes that I can once again experience the Japanese way of life and maybe practice some of my Japanese while I'm there, even just for a little bit. The rigidity of the customs is comforting. The sometimes lagging behind of progression, which seems frustrating at times, but is also with every with an American who has every freedom to do what they want, I sort of long for a world bigger than me, one that decides a bit more for you, one that trains you to a level that is unimaginable to be just a artful shamisen maker on a quiet gion shop 
street, making a wooden instrument in the same way it has been done for hundreds of years, or to be a sumo wrestler, to practice every day at 7 a.m. with the age-old techniques and exercises that work, or to put on my kimono and entertain people with my traditional dances and parlor games. I just long for certainty, and Japan, with its beautiful historical art and sport, it excels at giving you the structure that we all crave right now in this quarantine. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are generally my my thoughts, as rambling as they are. But I couldn't, I don't know, get excited about one certain thing this week other than just I crave the normalcy of this. Certainty and certainty. And uh, having a practice. Maybe that's it. You miss a certainty and a practice. Yeah. A schedule. Yeah. A way of life. Yeah. Because right now this way of life is just like. I don't know. What am I doing yeah, today? You oh, guys sit around. Mean, if you're listening in America, you know what we're talking about right now at the beginning of July in 2020. But if you're listening from elsewhere in the world, I don't know what's happening in your country. But here in Texas, anyway, the numbers are skyrocketing. And they're like, once again, stay at home. Stay at home for the foreseeable future because there's still people out there who are not wearing masks and are getting together yeah. in big groups. And and we've been doing this for four months, too. Yeah. So there's just a point, too, at four months where you're like, whoa. Come on, fellas. Give us something. And yeah. <laughs> I think Sumo's just like that. <gasps> Please give us this thing. But I, you don't want it to continue if people are going to get sick. No, of course not. But they want to for, I think, the fans and for themselves. Yeah. They need it. I'm sure they do. Well, that makes me doubly hope and wish and pray that it goes on in July and we get to watch some of this. Right. I mean, all sports all over the world have been, you know, set back by this. So I'd be impressed if they could do it. Yeah. You know, you know, Les, you could wake up every morning at seven and do 100 Chicos. I could. Yeah. But I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to do that. I have my limits. All right. We're going to depressing. No, it was not depressing. I think it might have been. But we are going to take a <laughs> We are going to take a hard turn here. We're going to take a hard turn here because what I want to talk about is based on an article that I read in the New York Times. Okay. I think it was last week. For decades, people have wondered if the presence of fans in stadiums really affects sports. Do the fans' presence affect the way a game is played at all? Would their absence alter the nature of any sort of game? And it seems that we finally do have some answers to those questions. Because that was, how often does this happen in the world where people are playing sports and there's no one in the stadium? (laughs) It's really rare. There's not been a lot of experiences in the past. No, no. But some really smart people decided to look into this when the German Federal Football League, which is also soccer, returned to playing soccer in their stadiums without fans in the seats. They were the first. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm, Right? mm -hmm. Sounds like just what's what happened in our last sumo basho and what's going to happen again if Mm -hmm. it goes forward in July. A lot of people were studying the stats from those soccer games that were being played without the fans and comparing them to the stats of when there were fans Mm. in the stadiums. Germany's soccer teams were the first to start playing again after COVID began. And, you know, I imagine, well, who knows why they did it, really? I imagine, uh, I imagine there's some financial reasons. I imagine 
you know, people are just like, well, we can't stop everything forever. We have to keep going forward. I mean, right. I think sports teams all over the world are like, can we do this? Can we right. put it on TV? Yeah. What else can we do to keep our fans happy, right? That's what the Germany soccer team did. It's so hard for me to call them the football league when they're playing soccer. That's Oh, that's an American thing. Yeah, an American thing. Anyway, we knew already that there was such a thing as a home field advantage. We, we just knew. Everybody wants the Super Bowl to be played in their home stadium because there's an advantage to it. But home field without the fans? Not so much. It turns out that home teams in soccer are winning 10% less without the fans hmm. in the seats. Maybe it's just depressing. They know the stadium well exactly. and they walk out and they're like, where are the fans? Exactly. <laughs> but not only that, players scored fewer goals in empty stadiums than full ones. They took fewer shots, like 10% fewer shots in an empty stadium. And those that they took were worse. So they were hmm. less likely to actually make a goal. Was that because they were unpracticed, though? No, they don't think so. Their play changed. There were fewer crosses, fewer corner kicks. They looked at all the stats. and They're like, wow, they're, they're playing is worse by every tracking measure. Their soccer teams were playing worse in empty stadiums, hmm. except for goalkeepers, which, <laughs> which seemed to strangely perform better away from home than they did on their own home turf without the fans. Isn't that weird? Mm, I don't think so. That's the most stressful position. It is. Because I always got position. pimped into having to play it. And I would just almost cry because the pressure yeah. of a goalie is awful for a small child. Oh, it always winning and losing. It made you me afraid. Didn't catch a ball. I didn't. I never <laughs> wanted to play goalie. Never. <laughs> it, w it was just scary to me. Like suddenly, twelve players running full steam ahead, right towards me, and all trying to kick it as hard as they could. Yeah, me. and when you lose, it was terrifying. When you don't get it, then your friends are like, "You suck. <laughs> I hate you." And then they won't you... share their orange slices with you after oh, the game. I know, and that's terrible. That's yeah. So soccer players are playing worse, but. The data suggests that the intensity of the game isn't really changing. In other words, the players were sprinting more. They had more high-intensity runs. So they were still working really, really hard, but missing goals, right? Like so that something, extra oomph wasn't there. Yeah, they had fewer shots. They were missing more shots. They just weren't scoring as much, as much but they were still really intense games, okay? So that's not the only finding. We're going to talk about what they're missing here in a second. But the other finding is really interesting. There is an effect on referees without hmm. the fans. Both teams playing in soccer committed more fouls in empty stadiums. Hmm. Why do Why? you think that would be? I don't know. I know. So their thought is maybe with fans in the seats, the refs actually consider how their decisions will affect the fans, how their decisions will reverberate through Ooh. the fans around them. One. Or maybe, maybe without a crowd. Let me put it this way. Maybe without a crowd, the ref is able to focus more intently on the game and can call out more infractions. So that was a real marked difference they saw in empty stadiums versus full stadiums. And that's, I hadn't even thought to watch the Gyojis in these sumo tournaments and see if they were calling people out more often or stopping play more often. Maybe I shouldn't call it play. I don't know what I would call it. But I just think that's interesting that the refs are refing differently without hmm. crowds. So the players are performing differently. I would think in sumo, it's so short a period of time. 
It's like two seconds. For the short oh. ones, yes. But for the longer ones. They, we haven't seen a really long match. I mean, do, okay, I've never seen a Gyochi throw out a yellow flag. But they do stop people occasionally for pulling hair or whatever. Well, if they pulled hair, then they would lose the match. Right, they're done. But is there any other sumo foul that we see? Well, they don't typically do them, but the pulling of the hair is the one that they're like, no, 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 you cannot right. do that. <laughs> cannot touch the hair. Yeah, cannot touch the hair. <laughs> and think about it. They spend a lot of time getting their hair done. Yeah, they do. So maybe it doesn't apply so much to sumo, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And uh, I like to think of it as I've done a lot of improv shows where there are five people in the audience and there are audiences that are hundreds of people and the phenomenon of a full house a hot house Mm -hmm. you can sometimes step out and something you say just gets people going and Uh you're like i don't think that that was really that funny but they're seeing something i don't but whatever that energy is you feed on and then you have a better show yes you end better because you have fed on their energy that they gave you they're giving you their attention and their focus and their belief in you and when you don't have that you have to pull it up yourselves and it's also in the same way we'd be backstage and we'd be prepping and we'd be so excited and you'd go out there in the team is like united and as a group and and with a lot of good group group mind and you go out and there's like six people and like you're landing stuff that you think is so funny but because you don't hear anything you get depressed you question yourself and you mm-hmm. doubt yourself of what what you, it's the you're missing the instant gratification and yes. that is what propels you forward to perform better and when it's not there i think it's really hard because it's only you and your brain and your the voice in your head that's keeping you yes pumped yes and you're taking me to my final point here but i do want to say what you're talking about an improvement in performance produced by the mere presence of others actually has an official term it's called social facilitation hmm. interesting so what's missing in these soccer games and i know this would directly translate to the sumo world is either a strong reason to win, an internal one, or a strong urge to entertain, which I think is what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is called social facilitation. In soccer, it looks like players choosing to pass the ball rather than to take a shot that would get the fans really roaring and jumping up on their feet, right? Instead of taking that shot, they just choose to pass it, right? They don't take the wild, crazy shots. In sumo, maybe it's that you know, zero to Mach 30 blast off to send your opponent into the eighth row that's missing. Unless you have a really, really good reason to win. In other words, the quality of the sport or play is essentially the same, but the way players play without fans is more cautiously, more mechanically, not with the same kind of heart, right? Yeah. Let's say you're a sumo wrestler and let's say you're Tokushorio and your coach has just passed and you're in the big league. You're at the top division and your coach just passed. But you've got the bottom a, of the ranks. Yes. You've got a huge reason to fight with your body, your mind, and your heart. You have a reason to win because you want to honor your coach. And you're willing right? to risk more. Yeah. That's like Kisanosato. Kaseno Sato, on his second tournament win as a Yokozuna, he pushed himself and he won the tournament. The risk that he took 
was basically a career-ending injury. Right. But he did that probably because the crowd, and he wanted it in that moment. And that's the push that they take, the risk that they take in the moment for the moment, the special moment that might affect them for the rest of their lives. So the scientists are discovering that without a crowd, that sort of internal drive has got to be so much higher. You've got to have a real strong internal reason to really push through because every single player out there says that when you go out to a stadium, like they talked to these soccer players, and they were like, when you go out to these stadiums and it's empty, it just saps any sense of urgency or even hostility. Like, let's say you're used to going out to a game and the fans will like scream for the opposing team Mm -hmm. or your opposing sumo wrestler. Mm -hmm. If that happens, it can really piss you off. And that Anger can really propel you to another level of fighting. Mm -hmm. So without that, you've got to somehow manage that all alone. Yeah. We talked about that last week with Aki Bono or the week before, where he said, I would be willing to lose to almost anybody except Wakanakana and Takanahana. I'm going to beat those guys. I'm going to beat those guys. There was something in his brain that was like, I don't care what it is. I will not let them beat me. Yeah. Enho has talked about this, too. He's really used to huge crowd sound whenever he wrestles because he's the underdog. He's the little guy, right? Right. And without that, like I imagine in him, there's a big urge to entertain as well as wrestle hard and get people pumping for the little guy. And without it, he's like, oh, oh. Well, there's not the same urge, right? Oh, And he's got to manufacture that himself, which is twice as hard. Well, and that also is his identity Uh in sumo is he's come up through the system where he is always he's always been the little guy Mm -hmm. and he entertains the crowds. But that's what they expect is like, here comes the little guy. It's part of his persona. It's part of him as he wrestles and he uses it until there's no audience that you can hear or see they're watching. Yep. But you can't feel them. So that must be tough as opposed to like a, a regular, completely average bodied sumo wrestler they don't fight with that they don't fight with that they fight with other tools in their brain but inho is he's a little guy constantly up against a goliath so that's very much part of him i can imagine how that would affect him my favorite quote about this actually comes from yogi berra who said baseball is 90 percent mental the other half is physical 90 (laughs) percent yes the other half yes exactly so yeah there's a lot of it is mental. And the percentages yeah, are, are way are off. Way off. <laughs> but, but I like his point. Most of it is mental. Most of it is Most mental. Most of it is mental. And it's much harder without the fans. The fans really do affect athletes. And um, I know there are plenty of other fans like me sitting at home who are really missing those cushion tosses. So if this bacho goes forward... Let's just continue to cheer them on at home and maybe send send some of that energy out to these big guys. Yeah, who are working their hardest and yeah. trying to stay safe for us. That's right. So I guess that's it. That yeah. has been our style of sumo here at Sumo Kaboom. At Sumo Kaboom. Please tune in again for more info on the sport we love. You can join us online. Absolutely. Review us. Tell your friends about us. Connect Uh, up with us. Feel free to ask us anything about Sumo. We actually love questions. We will do our best to get down to the bottom of it. We'll just answer it on a podcast or we'll find somebody else who knows the answer and pass it along. So until later, I'm Laurie. And I'm Leslie. Thank you so much for listening. Sayonara. See y'all later. 